0: Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Good morning. On behalf of Life in the Sun uh, Saipan, we'd like to uh, extend our greetings. And uh, first off, week three of our series, uh, uh, what's our series title again? Apostles Creed. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, man, this is this crowd is just amazing. So I, um, I attended the... Um, the campus, and I told them right off the bat, it says, hey guys, you know, you should come on Sunday because there's this amazing, amazing speaker, you know, who's going to speak on Sunday. Right? I, I hope and pray that you guys will not be disappointed today. yeah. But I'm going to be speaking from my heart today. Is that okay? Yeah. So I'm just going to lay, lay down my guard just to get right off the bat. That's what Pastor Marcus said. There's been a lot of things that's been going on, you know, within his family, within my family, within the church. And I'll be sharing a little bit of some personal details today. So I like what our MC shared today. The word is positioning. Okay, The word is the position. So for the past few days, I positioned myself, you know, to be here today. You know, to tell you the truth, I didn't want to be here. You know, I am not ready to be here, uh, for something that you'll, you'll see later. But I want to say that as what, um, Nita has shared about positioning, you know, I prayed about it and says, I want to position myself in the ready. And then I want to focus in that. I think there's no, no way I can, you know, water down that word, you know, positioning to be ready. And I want to take a little bit of time, you know, as we continue. But before that, why are we going through Apostles' Creed? So there's two examples that I'm going to use. A lot of us um, in Saipan, when I ask, how many of you memorized their Apostles' Creed? by When you were growing up or, you know, anyone? All right, we have a few, right? And I'm one of them. I've memorized them. But in my college and when I got married, I forgot about it. You know, and my desire is in the next seven weeks that I can memorize it again. But more than memorizing, but putting it to heart and putting it to practice. So, why are we doing this? So, just like it's a moon, so amazing, this full moon. Have you guys seen a full moon as beautiful as this? It's just so amazing. But the reality is that it does not produce light. It gets its light from the sun. It reflects light from the sun. Without the, without the sun, the moon will not produce light. So same thing with the creed. In and of itself, is it, it is not the word of God. You know, but it draws its virtue, its source from the word of God, and we can appreciate it just like what, how we appreciate the moon. Another story that we can look at or illustration is this masterpiece. You know, this is worth millions, or I think. But it's expensive, right? It's expensive, right? This is an 18... Never mind, I forgot. But anyways, you know, but what is this mirror used for? To make us look beautiful, right? Or awesome. But if you see to it when you look at the mirror your picture doesn't stay there it just reflects you so that is what we see as a value for this apostles creed you know we see it as mirroring the word of god the light of god that brings life to each and every soul in our very hearts so my prayer is that as we go through these creeds you know this creed that we begin to um Uh, see it uh, the way it's supposed to be seen. Amen? So I'm going to read really quick the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Maker of heaven and the earth, and in Christ Jesus, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. And everyone said... Amen. Wow. You know, you guys are so enthusiastic. You know, I'm so excited. You know, I just want to say that and read it, you know, from the top of my heart or from the bottom of my heart, you know, because, you know, if we really look at the context of this one, when you begin to say, I believe, you're basically saying, I'm going to be in trouble. If you recited this, if you claimed this 2,000 years ago, you're basically saying, Caesar is not my Lord, but Jesus is. You are taking a stand. You are saying that I believe in God the Father, Zeus is not my father, Caesar is not my Lord, but Jesus is. Amen? Many times I've memorized this growing up for 15, 17 years, but it's just here. You know, and I pray, my desire is that when I say this over and over again, that I would understand why the apostles, why our forefathers, after Jesus' death, have written it for the very reason that the light of God would shine on each and every one of us. Amen. 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 So I believe in the Holy Spirit. This is our series today, or our topic today, I believe. I highlighted I believe because, as I said earlier, it has to be a personal decision. It's not just a memorization, but it is a personal decision. And when we say I believe, there's a difference between knowing and believing. Right? I have a good friend here, Noah, and uh, he's... Name was taken out from the Bible in the Old Testament in Genesis called Noah. And we can say, I know about Noah, but I don't believe that the ark existed. Right? I know about Jesus, that he died on the cross, but I don't really believe that what he has done will pay for my sins. There's a big difference. Amen? So when these people of old, 2,000 years ago or so, would say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and of earth, they're saying, God is my everything. And when they say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, they are taking into account who the Holy Spirit is in its entirety. You know that the Holy Spirit is not... Okay, any Star Wars fans here? I want to be careful. All right, I was the one I was one of those who line up during the Star Wars movie um, during the premiere, but I didn't make it, you know but but regardless, you know um, what am I saying? Yeah, the force, you know, is not a representation of the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit is more than just a force. The Holy Spirit is divine. He, he not it. He is God. Amen? He is God. He is a person. So when they say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, basically they are saying that this Spirit is God Himself. Amen? Part of the Trinity, the tree on God. And when they say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, they are basically saying that He is also a person. Amen? No, He is a person walking down the stairs i'm not the holy spirit but just picture okay he is walking down the stairs and calling on van and say van can you come up right and i want you no really come up (laughs) and i want you to walk with me right now do you picture that as the holy spirit right or do we see him as a force right and now i want you van to close us in prayer as we close no, just kidding. Thank you. Why don't give him a, a hand? <laughs> right. So we go from here to there. And the Holy Spirit brings us from, 1A, uh, from point A to point B. Amen? He is divine. He, has, he is a person. But He also has the authority to guide us. To indwell in us, to live in us, to hold us with our hands and say, walk with me, even in the deepest or lowest point of your life. Amen? So I want to go back to our, our, um, our exhortation earlier. And it is called position. Amazing, no? We, me and Nita didn't talk about it, but this is where I want to take a few minutes. Okay. And Pastor Mark said that we end at two o'clock. Is that okay? Yeah. I'm gonna try my best. Yeah, no. But position of readiness. Basically, this is a term that I haven't used, but Pastor Mark give this word. My word is very court It's ready position. Okay, in any in any in, a, in any um sport, right? In any sport, we come to a position to be ready. Right? So what I did uh, this week, a few days ago, was to Google and went to Google and just put ready position. Okay, Any, anyone who has cell phones here, do it after the service, okay? Uh, and then we say ready position. And as I did that, these are the few things that showed up interesting. Here we see a baseball player getting in the ready to catch the ball. You know, we see a soccer player, especially a goalie, getting ready, you know, to position herself or himself to protect the goal, right? That's a ready position, a position of readiness. So that's where we want to be at this time, amen? I believe in the Holy Spirit is so powerful, it's so amazing that if we allow the work of God to move in our hearts and ready ourselves to position ourselves For His moving today, I believe we will be blessed. Amen? And then another slide that um, I looked at is... um, Hello? Is in the area of running. No? How do you position when you run? Whether it's in the track and field or in the... um, You position... Oops. Okay. Tennis. All right? Tennis. So, let me... (laughs) The running is in the back. So let me take, you know, I want to illustrate this as much as we can. Because if we want to take something out of this, okay, don't take away, uh, don't take home, you know, my mistakes, okay? (laughs) Don't take home, you know, whatever the things that I may have, you know, done that is not so good. But if there's one thing that we want to take away here, you know, is that readiness to position ourselves for the move of god in our life amen if these athletes would just take a moment day after day to position themselves in a place wherein they can be ready for the opponent then we need to do the same so what i did is i called my friends my tennis buddies gave them a heads up last friday I called them, hey, bro, I haven't played tennis in a long while. Can we go on Saturday, five in the morning, and we play tennis? I texted two of them. And then one said, I'm not ready. And one said, I have some back pains. I cannot really play. And one didn't respond. Right? So when you are defending like my idol here, or not idol, my friend, Roger Federer, he comes in the ready. He is ready. Right? He doesn't just come on, serve it, Djokovic, and then you know. No. When you watch, he's always on the ready. Right? There's a point of readiness there. Right? And also when you serve, when Djokovic serves, look at how high the ball is. Can you imagine him tossing the ball, and he would just say, (laughs) No way, we would laugh, right? But in reality, they practice that growing up in a point of readiness. They are ready, and then they would serve it. Amen? So if they do that, but one thing in my research via Google, what I was so frustrated is that there was no basketball-ready position. There was no basketball-ready position. So, for today... (laughs) I cannot demonstrate it for you guys. Okay? So, without further ado, let me call music, please. Let me call on Stephen Curry Curray. Alright, and he said that he is already retired. Kareem Abdul Jabbar. And they will demonstrate for us what it means to be in the ready.
1: Alright, ready?
0: Uh, Ready? Oh, okay, okay. Not so much, not so much. Uh, What you see is they were ready. But I want you to see when one person, whether you're the opponent or the defender, these people are on the ready. But for the sake of our demonstration, I want him, one, maybe the defender, to be not in the ready. And let's just see how Stephen Curry, but that's Lebron James, Oh man, we didn't coordinate. Alright? Let's see. Wow! Alright, why don't we give them a hand? Thank you guys. I think we can close in prayer already, right? Yeah, I, I re- <laughs> we did a production for that just to make a point that we need to be ready. Amen? We need to come to a place of readiness, especially when it comes with, I believe in the Holy Spirit, you know. And um, with that said, the point of readiness, the other thing that shows up when I said position of readiness, there's one thing, you know, out of the sports that came up, this one came up. Soldiers marching for battle. You know, And I began to take a pause and says, man, it was fun earlier. But you know what? This is not fun. Imagine if you, together with your team, you come to this, what is this called? To this walk, you know, or this, this tour, and you are not ready. What's going to happen to your partner? What's going to happen to your friend? Amen. So now it comes down to a reality. You know, but the Bible also says in Ephesians 6.10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. You know, Pastor Mark made a comment and he said, I am glad that it was not just one soldier standing there but a group of soldiers standing. And that's what represents us today. Amen? We are soldiers of Christ, called by God in Ephesians 6 to put on the full armor of God with the help of the power of the Holy Spirit over us so that we may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And it says, we do not not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. You know, um, I was reading this book, and I gave it uh, to a lot of our friends um, at church in Saipan. And this is from our pastor, Steve Murrell. And if you haven't had this book, this talks about us, our family. You know, our DNA, who we are, and then what God is doing here in, our, in different nations, and why, you know, we're able to do what we do. Why are we able to impact generation after generation? But the real question is, how can we sustain the work of God even for the next generations about 100 years from now? Amen? I'm standing here, you know, probably... I'm just there, you know, I'm still 20 some years old, so I still have 80 years more to go, (laughs) amen, so but for today, (laughs) amen, thank you guys, yeah, so for today, I just want to take one domino and just share my heart with you guys today, you know, as we take in, I want to be a part of that. You know, I want my children to look back 100 years from now and say, Hey, remember what Pastor Mark has done. Remember what uh, Stephen Curry Curry did, you know. Remember, you know. And I want to just grab just one domino of my life today. And I want to share my timeline. Why I believe in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why I believe. Why am I able to stand here today and declare to you, Not with arrogance or pride, no, but with humility, why I believe in the Holy Spirit. So, January, going back a few weeks back, you know, we started up Dare to Believe uh, series. Did you guys enjoy that? Yeah? Dare to Believe. And I began to pray, um, you know, for breakthroughs over my life. Every year we would write down faith goals. And throughout the week in our prayer and fasting... This has been the verse that God has put in my heart. In Joshua 1, verse 9, it says, Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened, or do not be afraid, or do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen? I held that, you know, and on day one, first day of our prayer and fasting. You know, every year we would write down, Lord, we are believing you for personal uh, faith goals. We are believing you for our family. We are believing you for our ministry, for the church, and in every area of our life. But what I'm going to share today is for the sake of time, is just for my family faith goal. Just one. We have a lot, but we put one. So every year we would put down, Lord, we are believing for a baby girl. Every year. Since we moved to Saipan in 2006, we would write down, Lord, we are believing God for a baby girl and then last january i look god we're no longer 20 some now (laughs) i said uh do you want us to still dare to believe you know so at i remember at five o'clock on that monday i called my wife um do you do you want to put this together this is a family faith goal and says in our hearts, we still want to believe, but we're no longer 30s. We're in our 40s, but we just write it down if that is what God wants to do. So we began to, I said, it's up to me, but I'm going to write it down. I says, I want to be courageous. I'm not going to be frightened. I'm going to write it down. And I wrote it down not knowing that my wife was already pregnant. Wow. So I began to write it down and I said, God, I want to dare to believe, you know, for this. And then two days after, my wife, uh, we went to the clinic and we found out that she's pregnant. Amazing. Amen. And then I began to share in the evening, share with our our friends and families. And says, why do I believe? Because God is the God who answers prayers. Amen. But one thing I want to share here is that. Why I believe the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit gives us the power for deliverance. Amen. I'm going to go back to the story about my wife in the next few slides. But for now, you know, as we go to these few weeks of my life and sharing with you, you know, deliverance can be mystical. Deliverance can be spooky, like, oh, there's, uh, you know, this and that, you know. But I want to just say, you know, just ask what as I was sharing with um, Van earlier. He is a personal God. You know, nothing that we can be afraid of about. You know, I want to read this in Romans eight fifteen to sixteen. And I begin to say, why am I holding this? Joshua one nine. You know that he will be with me wherever I go. That I should not be afraid. That I should not be fearful. That I should not be discouraged. Amen. And then last Sunday, as I was preaching week one or the previous week, this verse just came to life in my heart. Romans eight fifteen to 16, it says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. That we are what? Children of God. Now I began to see that in my heart. And I said, God, you are amazing. The reason that we can walk through here. And a few weeks ago, we were daring to believe God for breakthrough uh, over some families in Saipan. And the, right before um, Valentine's Day, on our Wednesday prayer meeting, um, there's a situation that happened. But Monday, someone texted me and says, Pastor, you need to come to our place. There are evil spirits in our place, and you need to pray for us. And I said, hello? (laughs) Say that again? (laughs) And it says, there is someone that had nightmares, and the, the roommate is seeing things. You know, dark things evil things it's okay uh i'm sorry i'm busy right now Uh, (laughs) i said uh but i want us to come into a position of readiness this is not a joke i said whether you what you see is real or not i want you to come to a position of readiness let's pray about it let's fast okay and i'll meet you the next two days wednesday come wednesday The person who called fasted, and I called one of our worship leader to come with us, and we came, and then I met with the lady. He says she was so traumatic that she couldn't even retell what happened, you know, to the point that she's sleeping in someone else's room. And I said, "Is it okay if we come to the room where you experience it?" And then I began to pray, pray with her. But before I prayed with her. I began to ask her, uh, I think the most important thing here is that you understand that the only way we can deal with this if you understand what it means to be sons and daughters of the living God. To make the long story short, we shared the cross, we shared Jesus Christ over her life and says the only way we can go or move forward with this is that you come to a place of personal relationship with Christ And receive him into your life, you know. And after a few minutes, we began to pray. She started crying, and then uh, I asked her, "Why don't you pray on your own? Just thank the Lord, thank him that he has already delivered you from darkness, that he has delivered you from the power of sin over your life." And he, she began to pray. You know, it's her first time to pray in a small group, and she just prayed on her own. You know, pushing through, positioning herself in the ready. And you know what? After that, I asked her, what did you see? And you know what she said? She said, earlier I saw only darkness, but now I see light. Amen? Why do I believe in the Holy Spirit? Because He has the power for deliverance. Amen? And later that night, um, we went to prayer meeting And her roommate who called me came late at prayer meeting. And then I felt like I needed to pray for her because she's also affected. You know, if the roommate was traumatized, how much more herself. So I began to pray for her and prayed for her. We all prayed during prayer meeting. And guess what? She started laughing funny. Saying, what is that? You know, that mocking laugh and says, This is weird, you know. But then, after three hours of just focusing on these things, a power of deliverance from the power of sin, through worship, through the Word of God, and through prayer. For three hours, that's all we did. You know, we didn't focus on the power of darkness. We didn't focus on the things there that we just say, Lord, your Word is more powerful than anything else, you know. And, you know, we are not here... You know, when we experience all these things, we're not going to glorify the darkness. Amen. And um, as we did that, you know, we've been doing plug into the power of prayer, worship and the word. You know, in our that's been our team for the month. But uh, all these things, the power for deliverance always funnels through to this discipleship. Because if it does not funnel through discipleship, it's going to become weird. It's going to become mystical. It's going to become something different than what God intended it to be. Amen. So one author said, for deliverance to become effective in the local church, the local church must be actively involved in discipleship. Amen. And I just want to say this, that this person who spent lying down on the floor for three hours at five of us strong men. Was not able to hold her. And at the end, after three hours, she was already here. But that's not what I'm going to talk about. What I'm going to talk about is where she is now in her journey with God. You know, she decided, I want to be part of the worship team. And I want to be part of what God is doing in my life. And someone is mentoring me or discipling me in my one-to-one. And now she is now in her chapter four or three In her one-to-one personal discipleship. Amen. I want to give God glory for that. Amen. I want. Why? Because it is the power for deliverance. For salvation. The goal for the deliverance is not so that we can be mystical. But we can plug in ourselves. You know to what God has called us. To honor him. And to go and make disciples. Amen? Pastor Steve said this. He says, We respond to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit by becoming more missional, not more mystical. Amen? God has given us the mission, the great commission. Amen? To go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey my commands. Amen? Now we will be with you always wherever you go, to the end of the age. Amen? The second one is the power to be a witness. The Holy Spirit. Why I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit is because it has the power to help me to witness to people. Amen? So last Monday, a few days ago, there's, there's someone in our church. He's tomorrow. And he's a big guy, you know, a, big, a lot bigger than me. And he used to be a police officer, and he's been coming to our church twice already. And finally, I had the the little strength to say, Hey, would you like to hang out with me? <laughs> After two Sundays, I said, Hey, uh, would you like to do personal discipleship with me? Yeah. You want to go lover, to, to Lover's Point with me? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So, what I did is, um, I said, And you know what he said? He said, Yes. I said, When? I said, I'm leaving this Wednesday. When do you want to meet? Tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow? Sure. (laughs) What time? He said, morning. Okay, morning. Let's do it. (laughs) Anyway, make the long story short, I went to his house and began to just share to him simple one-to-one booklet. And as I was sharing with him, nice environment. And then I began to just see that, man, it's not about me. It's like, he's ready. You know what? The Holy Spirit has been witnessing to him, you know, in the past few weeks. I said, okay, I'm so excited to end the chapter. You know, as I ended, right when we came to the place of the response, you know, positioning in the ready, you know what he did? He didn't say anything, but he just cried like a baby. Amazing. You know, he cried like a baby. He gave us the power to witness. Amen. And that's always driving back. It's not about me, but it's the working of the Holy Spirit over our life. In Acts 1 verse 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my what? Witnesses Witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. All right. The third one is the power of comfort. You know, there's many more. This list is non exhaustive you know, I have four points, but for the sake of time, I'm going to end with three. Okay? Can you allow me with that? Yeah? So, the verse here is in John 14:26. But the Helper, or in other translation, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Amen? The Holy Spirit gives us comfort. The Holy Spirit gives us comfort for Terry and the family here who just experienced loss. Amen? Of their loved one, their youngest daughter. And I began to write down, and last Tuesday, a friend friend of mine who's very quiet. He doesn't speak. We have a morning men's prayer. But that day, Tuesday, he started to pour out his heart. He says, I have issues, you know, about having children you know i think i have problem you know uh uh, making a baby with my with my wife and they've been married for two years and right out the bat he started crying and he started crying and there's so much grief so much pain you know in him that this friend that was there began to pray for him but before he prayed he took out in his wallet and said i want you to meet my children The eldest one is from Cambodia. The next one was from Nepal. These two are from the Philippines. And then now we are processing two for guardianship, and they are from Saipan. And I was looking back, it's like, man, I couldn't comfort this guy the way this person is able to comfort, you know, this guy right now. And I saw the move of the Holy Spirit working over that situation. But they and we need to come to a place and position ourselves for readiness. This is just a snapshot of this week. Last Tuesday was men's prayer that I talked to you about. And then that night, on the Wednesday night, I was called in to come and share in a wake because her daughter, 28-year-old daughter, getting ready to go To the States, who was recently hired to work for FEMA in the mainland, died on a crash accident a week before her trip to the States. They called me in, says, Can you minister to the family? And I stood there and I said, We all have questions. Maybe there's more questions than answers, but I want to fast forward with the end in mind in Revelation, that he says he will wipe away every tear. Amen? Amen? There's no more crying. You know, everything, all these sadness, by the grace of God, you will experience it. You know, and right after that, I heard about Zandra and Zarina's dad's passing. And I began to pray for Zarina uh, before she left. And then um, we had the leadership team also meeting here, the ALT And Joey Bonifacio was just sharing, I'm in grieving right now. You know, I'm here ministering, but I'm in grieving right now. My son and my daughter, before coming here, I think he was saying, before coming here, they just found out that Carla had a miscarriage. You know, and he said, I don't know. You know, it's one thing to minister to others, but what am I gonna say to my family when I go home? You know, this is a first for us you know, a death in the family. And then I'm going to skip IHOP today. IHOP, you know, if you're interested, uh, let me know. Treat me at IHOP, and then I will explain all the details. (laughs) Yeah? All right. So I want to end with this on a personal story. Going back to January, a few weeks after that, about four to five weeks, um, I began to, um, to look at this situation. I said, God, You know, we we received a call from the doctor that the pregnancy of my wife is is not probably going to work out. You know, there's an issue with the growth of the baby, and uh, she's already four to six weeks uh, in her pregnancy stage, but there's no heartbeat. And finally, uh, the last few days, don't make me cry, but don't say that. You know, and and, uh, thank you, though. Yeah. Um, I just said, you know... um, we need to take a time you know and, and seek the Lord and just journal them together right that none of the things you know it's it's healing, amen, so we thank everyone here who's prayed for our family and uh, for the family in Saipan and we see really the hand of God and uh, the reason I put the laptop here is I want to read in closing, I want to read her journal is that okay, and I ask her permission and I ask her so. This is just recent, just a few days ago. But she wrote her journal and so many things she wrote. But I said, I'm going to choose February 27 on your journal. Is that okay? And and this is what she said and she wrote, my wife. She said, so many things have crossed my mind today. Why do I want to get pregnant? That's question number one. Is it because another child would make me feel as if I'm complete? Or is it because I want to leave another godly legacy? I wonder why God didn't allow me to get pregnant sooner. Why did we go to checkups and all when I was younger and so on and so on. When people find out about my miscarriage, some are very concerned and sad. And some don't know how to respond and even sound insensitive at times. I don't know how to react with both. I tend to react with words of reassurance that it is all right, that God is sovereign. With the former, with the latter, I would sarcastically say, "Next time, try again." <laughs> Amen. Yeah, there's humor. And then he says, "When asked about my age, should I say her age?" It says, "I'm gonna. I'm say. I'm just gonna read it." 42 years old. Some women would say it is too risky to get pregnant again. Some some say nothing is impossible with God. So what is God's will in all of this? Does he want me to trust him with my body and risk getting pregnant again, not knowing what, what might happen along the way? Or do I simply resign to the reality that I am past childbearing and God may have other plans for us as family? We are very sad that we have lost Jamie Miles. We have already have a name for her. She gave us a chance to hope that God can indeed still bring a miracle. She allowed us to experience how it is to experience grief of losing someone and experiencing the comfort and peace of God and to realize that there's so many caring and praying for us. She allowed us to realize that it is Jesus who can complete us. Amen. Jesus is enough for me. It is not my husband who can complete or comfort me, not my son, not another child. I still feel sad and God didn't, that God didn't allow my pregnancy to complete. I feel sad that the prayers of many people in behalf of us were not answered. But we can still say, God is faithful. He is sovereign. He is in control. Amen? Amen. Can we give God praise for that? If I could just ask the worship team to come up. And um, the, the last point is basically tied up to all three. It is why I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit gives me the power to overcome. Amen. Whatever our disasters or tragedies may be. We need to say, I believe in the power or I believe in the Holy Spirit with all of our heart, with all of our strength and with all of our mind. He will give us the power to be comforted and to comfort others, but also gives us the power to overcome.